that um, just about everyone who was there I know were, were greatly blessed uh, by that time together. And this is something that I think we're going to continue to just really talk about in the months to come. So uh, I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, well, before I kind of get into it uh, this morning, uh, just talking about the message, I would like for us to just go to the Lord one more time. And I know we just prayed, but uh, I really believe in prayer, and I really believe in just uh, submitting our time over to Jesus as we go into his word. So uh, please join me in prayer one more time. Father, uh, as we go into your word now, and we know that your word uh, tells us much about baptism. It tells us about what baptism is all about and uh, the miracle of new birth that's given by your Holy Spirit uh, to see Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, as we look at your word, let your word cut, let your word exhort, let it encourage. And because of your word, let our hearts be filled with praise and worship to you, God. And I pray, Lord, that even today, as people come to witness baptism, that they might come to even just know you, Jesus, the Savior the King. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned uh, today, we do have uh, two special baptisms. And every baptism is indeed very, very special. It is a great miracle, I think, to just see people come to faith in Christ. Right? This, to me, is the greatest miracle that someone would come to know Jesus Christ, submit their life completely to Him. And so, so excited about that. Um, I remember that when I was in San Jose and I was talking about baptism, uh, this was in one of these classes and one of these kind of seminars. And I remember this one particular brother who had been a Christian for quite a while, uh, who had been church for a number, uh, presumably at church for a number of years. But he asked me this question. He said, you know, Pastor David, like, why are you pushing baptism? <laughs> and why is it, why, like, why is baptism, like, why are, why are, we, why are we trying to get people to be baptized? You know, what's, what's the big deal about baptism? And it really struck me, uh, that question. I, I didn't expect it at all, uh, this kind of question. But, you know, it dawned on me and it made me realize that I think today that the idea of baptism, uh, oftentimes, especially here in the West, is very, very much minimized. Um, I think we tend to look at baptism as something that's maybe something like kind of a nice option. You know, I have my personal faith in Jesus. If I get baptized, that's great. But it's really not that big a deal. You know, it's not the most important thing, right? Because the most important thing is I believe in Jesus. So if baptism, if, if I have time for it or whatever, um, then I'll go through with it. But we tend to minimize the importance of baptism, I think, today in the Western church. On the other hand, I've also seen baptism as just nothing more than just kind of formality, something that maybe um, that you just kind of go through, right? It, it just seems like it's a nice thing to do, maybe. So we talk about even maybe in some circles and, or in some Christian traditions, you have people who have their, their babies um, just okay, we'll, we'll, we'll baptize our baby. There's no harm in it. And it seems like it's a good thing to do. And it just becomes this sort of formal ritual. 
And that's also another danger um, to look at it in this formal kind of way. But really, I think if you look at the Bible and if you look at the history of the church, uh, you will find consistently that baptism has always been the key initial step of obedience as a follower of Jesus Christ. And the Bible highlights baptism as an extremely important step as a follower of Jesus. I remember that when I took perspectives class, uh, perspectives of the World Christian Movement, this was several years ago, and I remember the speaker talking about uh, this missionary talking about a baptism that was happening in India, in one of the villages in, in India. And this missionary was sharing the story of how this young lady that in getting baptized, identifying herself with Jesus Christ, that it was a real threat to her life because she would go through the roads of the village of this strongly Hindu village and to identify herself now as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, meant that she was now going to be uh, ostracized from the rest of the village, that she was uh, going to face some persecution, that she would face a possible separation for, from her home, own uh, ethnic biological family. And for her to take the step to be baptized meant you know, it really meant something very, very special. It could have cost her her life to do something like that. And as I was hearing the story, I was wondering that how many of us today in the church see baptism in that way? That it is so significant, it's so important that it could cost us dearly. But this is what baptism is. It's a whole radical new identification. So I want to talk about that uh, today before we get into baptism. Because I think many of us, even though we've been in church for many years, we still, I think, have maybe some possible misconceptions. And maybe we don't appreciate baptism as much as maybe we should. So first of all, I want to talk about why be baptized. Why be baptized? And then I will talk about what baptism symbolizes. But why should we be baptized? The word baptize uh, comes from this Greek word, uh, baptizo. And this idea of baptizo is this idea of immersing. And as a person or as something is immersed, it comes out in a different shape or a different color in a way. So for example, this word baptizo was, was used in classical literature to talk about clothing that was dyed. So you, you put this cl uh, clothing you dye it, and then as it comes out of dye, it's permanently changed at that point. It's no longer the same fabric, the, the same color. It's, it's changed completely. And this is the idea of baptism, is this idea that as people are immersed in these waters of baptism, that this is a powerful symbol of the change that has taken place in their life through the work of Jesus Christ. Baptism actually came... We don't see it in the Old Testament, but we do know that the Jewish people were practicing this idea of ritual cleansing in the Old Testament. And the Jewish people in the Old Testament would constantly would have these set of ritual laws in which they would be cleaning all different things to make it holy or make it presentable before God. And eventually what would happen was that there would be non-Jewish people, Gentiles, who 
uh, when they converted over to worship the God of the Jewish people, that the Jewish people would lit literally immerse them in water. They would baptize them in this ritual cleansing kind of fashion to indicate that they are now holy, that they are now presentable, acceptable before God. We read a baptism in the first time in the New Testament when John the Baptist begins to baptize. And we see this in Matthew chapter 3 that John the Baptist, who was the forerunner before the Messiah would come, Jesus, that he is preaching this baptism of repentance and he's having all different kinds of people from society, the sinners uh, baptized in the Jordan River. But when John the Baptist talks about baptism, he talks about, he adds this other dimension, this other element, two extra elements that uh, we don't find, we didn't find uh, previously, and that is the, the idea of repentance. When John the Baptist, he says, uh, for example, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, Matthew records John saying, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. But this idea of repentance was absolutely key to being baptized. What is repentance? Repentance is this idea that God himself, as a creator, as a maker of this universe, that he has the right to command our obedience. That God is the owner of this entire universe. We are his creation. We are to submit our lives to God as our king. Sin has caused our hearts to turn away from God. Sin is not just our outward behavior, but it's this inward attitude to say that I don't want to submit to God. I'm just going to live life on my own terms. I'm going to live as if I'm the king or I'm the authority or I'm in control of my own life. But what is repentance? Repentance is saying, Jesus, I... I surrender my life, as we just sang. I surrender my life to you in response to what you have done for me on that cross. I now freely, I now willingly come under your rule, under your reign, under your authority. I, I want to be your follower, Jesus. I submit to you as my king, as my Lord, as my new master. That is repentance, to come under God's rule and reign. And so when we do baptism, baptism would just be a very, very empty ritual if there was no repentance, right? If all it was was just some external act, um, just some church thing that we do, it would be completely devoid of meaning. But baptism is the, the picture of a repentant heart, a heart that confesses its sin, a heart that now submits to Jesus as its king. I was, uh, I shared this story with a couple of you guys, but um, I was actually baptized twice. Uh, once, my first time I was baptized was when I was 10 years old. And my parents had taken my brother and I to this church. Actually, it's not very far from here. Um, it's this church in South Pasadena. I won't go into, but we had gone to this church uh, nearby here 
And I remember sitting in this uh, Sunday school class. It's like this around 10 years old. And one day, one of the deacons, supposedly he was the deacon, but um, he came into our classroom and he literally told us children, okay, everyone rise, everyone stand up. And so it's like, oh, what is this, a fire drill? Like, what's going on, right? So we all kind of just stand up. And then he, next thing I know is that he leads us into the main sanctuary. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? This is like something special is about to happen, right? And so we're led into this main sanctuary and we're lined up at the front and literally the pastor comes and he sprinkles water on each of us and saying, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. And it's like, wow, like what just happened? And then we filed back into the single file line and returned back to our Sunday school and resumed our lesson again. <laughs> now, I had no clue what just happened, right? I guess, you know, they needed to up their baptism numbers or something or whatever, right? So they had all the kids, okay, this is a good day to baptize our kids. And so, you know, that was obviously not, quote, a real baptism. Uh, and so really for me, uh, the time that I started really growing in my faith, the, the time was, it was really after high school. Uh, after high school, I really, uh, uh, that was a time that I, uh, Jesus really took hold of my heart. Uh, I saw what he had done for me on the cross. I confessed my sin and I saw that he had forgiven me of my sins. And from, from college, that is a time that I began to really follow Jesus, say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Um, I want to learn what it means to be your disciple. And so I began to follow Jesus. And so I felt at that time that I wanted to genuinely be baptized uh, because I want to, because my life is repentant and my life is now given to you, Jesus. And so uh, I chose to be baptized again in college because of that, because I knew that this is meaningful. This is uh, something I really want to do to signify my commitment. Christ. Well, John the Baptist, uh, he introduces us to this other element. Besides repentance, he talks about Jesus. Now, he says, I baptize you with water, but John the Baptist says, I am going to, but there will be someone else. I'm not even worthy to, you know, to carry his sandals, but this person is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And who's he talking about? Obviously, this is Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God has chosen and when Jesus comes, um, you know, Jesus himself is actually baptized. But his final words to all of us who are followers of Jesus says this. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And we know, that just even going into the book of Acts, that the church throughout the book of Acts, that whenever a believer came to faith in Christ, they were There was even no lag time between the time that they put their faith in Christ and then were baptized. In fact, Helena just read that uh, scripture in Acts chapter 2, right? But this was the very first thing that Jesus says, as soon as someone comes to faith in Christ, he says, baptize them, baptize them. Okay, this is not just an empty ritual. Let them be baptized. So, and when Jesus baptizes, when Jesus comes into our heart, into our life, when we receive Christ into our life and we give our life to Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit. And 
And so we see that in the book of Acts 2, that um, the Holy Spirit is actually oftentimes connected with this idea of baptism. So we see that in the book of Acts as a pattern. Well, I want to talk about this, but what does baptism symbolize? What does it actually symbolize? So this is what baptism symbolizes. Baptism is very, very simply, it's a public declaration of an inward reality, of an inner reality. That is what baptism is. Baptism is a public symbol of the genuine change of the, the, the change that's taken place within us. And I want to make this very clear. But baptism does not save you. Okay? Baptism itself does not save anybody. It's Jesus who saves. But baptism is a powerful symbol of what happens when Jesus has saved this person. I've asked some people, are you a Christian? And I've heard this response, well, I was baptized. I was confirmed and baptized when I was a kid, or I was baptized, you know, 10 years ago. But my question was not, were you baptized? My, my question to you is, are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a Christian? Are you Christ-lit? Are you a representative of Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus himself? Because that is very different from being baptized. Baptism is not what saves you. And we do not trust in baptism. It's we put our trust in Jesus. So why? Why baptize and what is the symbol of baptism? Well, the Bible answers this question. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We find that Peter replied his sermon on the day of Pentecost. He says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he says, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is very significant. When, Jesus, when Peter says, repent, turn, give your life to Jesus, be baptized, why? You are being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, this, this idea of the name of Jesus Christ technically was a commercial term. And what it meant, literally, was this idea that when you are baptized, you are now signifying that you are given an account, your life is now given under account to Jesus himself. In other words, Jesus is your owner. He's your master. That is what baptism symbolizes. That our life now is we're saying, I am committed to following Jesus as my Lord and King. I no longer belong to myself. I belong to Christ. The second thing that baptism pictures is, here's a couple more uh, scriptures, but Acts chapter 22, verse 16. Acts twenty-two sixteen says, And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. But this idea of baptism and being washed of our sins. Hebrews 10, 22, the writer says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And this is a beautiful picture. What the scriptures are saying is this, that when you are baptized in these waters, 
it's a physical demonstration, a picture of the fact that all our sins that we've ever committed in our life, past, present, future, all the, all the disobedience and all the guilt, all the shame from our sin is all washed away by the blood of Jesus. That the water is just as it cleanses our body, so Jesus by his blood has cleansed us from our, our guilt and our sin. Our conscience is now clean, this sprinkled clean from this guilt, guilty conscience. So this is what baptism is. It's a picture of God's mercy, a picture of God's grace, a picture of his forgiveness, his cleansing mercies in our life. 1 Corinthians 6.11, Paul says the same thing, but he says, that is what some of you were, he says, were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And he's talking about our past as, as sinful people that we used to be sinful people who were under sin but we've been washed we've been cleansed from that and this is what baptism pictures you know the early church in some parts of the early church uh, when people were baptized they used to as a symbol of this what they did was they would actually take off their old clothes and those old clothes represented their old way of life it represented the dirt the stain the guilt the shame the sin and they would take off their old clothes and when they were baptized they would then put on the new clothes and that's a that's a beautiful picture isn't it um, a beautiful picture of the fact that when Christ has come into our life we put away we put away our old sinful lifestyle and we've been cleansed and we put on this new lifestyle of Christ himself but here's the third thing that I want to mention too Baptism also signifies your commitment to love and serve the local church. It also signifies your commitment to love and serve the local church. To be identified with Jesus is to be identified with what Jesus loves and gave his life for. That is the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 13, Paul says this, but he says... For just as a body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. He goes on in verse 13, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So what is this one body that Paul is talking about? Now, this one body could talk about the universal church, that is, brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world that we are all part of quote one church one body in that way but I really think that Paul what he's talking about is this local body here at Corinth the church at Corinth he's likely referring to this because in the context of these verses Paul is talking about using your spiritual gifts to serve the body you can only serve one local church right that's you can only use the spiritual gifts that God is giving you to serve your local context. So I think Paul is talking about the local body here at Corinth. And so what he's talking about is this, that baptism, by being baptized, you are now saying, I am committed completely to this local church, to the, to the, to the church. 
to be a member of it. And that's what you find actually in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, it says that when Peter preached his sermon, 3,000 were added that day. The very next passage, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, talks about how then they all gathered together in the temple courts, praising God daily. They were sitting under the apostle, uh, the apostolic teaching of God's word. They were committed to prayer, to the breaking of bread. Uh, but they were, they, it was a picture of the local church that was formed as soon as they were baptized. So this is what baptism is picturing. Now, um, this really, I think, cuts against our very individualized Western culture because, you know, I've heard people say things like, well, you know, as long as I have faith in Jesus, that should be enough, right? Like, in other words, why do I have to get baptized? It's just, it's, it just seems like a formality. It's about, it's about me and Jesus. That's what it's all about. But uh, that's not what we find in the scriptures. Your faith with Jesus is always personal, but it's never private. It's never private. Um, our faith is personal. We have our relationship with God individually and uniquely, but this is a faith in which we learn to grow as disciples of Jesus as we learn to be together in community in the church. We learn to serve one another. We learn to exhort one another to teach one another. We learn to uh, forgive and carry each other's burdens. We learn to do all these things in the context of the local church. And this is what Jesus would want, right? Um, there are some people who say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. I see the church is full of hypocrisy. I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want to deal with the church. Um, I don't need the church, but I like Jesus. I like what Jesus has to offer, but it's, that's kind of like saying, I like you, uh, David, but I don't like your wife, right? It's like, ooh, that doesn't sit too well, right? Because the church is the bride of Jesus, right? Jesus died for the church. And to say, Jesus, I like you, but I don't like your bride, uh, that doesn't sit too well with Jesus himself. And so really, you can't separate Jesus from the church. You can't separate the head from the body. The, go, the two come as a package, so uh, to say yes to Jesus is to say, wherever I go, I will be committed to the local church. In fact, uh, starting next couple weeks, uh, Pastor Ang and myself will talk about this, uh, this idea of what does it mean to be a church member? Um, and what does it mean to be involved in the life of the church, ministering to one another? But having said that, uh, we want to really praise God for the baptisms that we're about to witness today. Uh, we do this baptism in, in the context of the local church in front of everybody to publicly declare this is your public declaration of faith in Christ. Right? If you are a Christian today, but you have not been baptized, I would urge you to be baptized. Not because I urge you, but because this is what Jesus would want of his followers to be baptized. Be baptized, not for the church's sake, not for the pastor's sake, but for Jesus' sake. Because you want to follow Jesus and you love him and you want to declare your faith in Jesus. If you are not a believer today, uh, I want to urge you to uh, 
receive Jesus this day. Jesus stands. He stands at the door and he knocks. And he makes this promise that if anyone would open the door, as Jesus is knocking on your heart, if anyone would open the door, he will come in, he will dine with you, he, and you will dine with him, you will eat with him. That Jesus offers his forgiveness through his work on the cross. He rose again on the third day to prove that he is the Lord of all, the Lord of all creation. He deserves your obedience. He deserves your worship. And if you would respond by putting your faith in Jesus, repenting of your sins and putting your faith in Christ, the promise is that Jesus will come in. He will come into your life and he will change your life. He will change it completely. And this is what baptism pictures. He will forgive you. He will change you. And he will bring you into his kingdom. This is the great promise that we have to trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior and to surrender our life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to just pray with me. And with um, right now, just I'm going to pray. And before we have Whitney and Christopher come up, um, I'm going to just pray for us. And as we do so, uh, with heads bowed down and eyes closed, I'm going to just even just throw this out there. But if there is someone out here that you would like to receive Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask... Um, would you even signify that by even raising your hands? If this is something that you would want in your life, if you want to commit and surrender your life to Jesus and have his forgiveness. And then I would like to even just pray for you if this is you. But is there anyone here that Jesus is knocking on your door, on the dark door of your heart? He wants to come in and you want to give your life to Jesus. Is there anyone, and if you would do so, that you would raise your hand to indicate that? And I will pray for you. Is there anyone? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you've done uh, through your son, Jesus. We thank you for the fact that, Lord, you are the one who came and died for our sins, that you rose again, that you are the Lord of all, and we surrender our life to you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us into your kingdom, that we are in your family. We thank you, Lord, that we can call upon you as our Lord and Savior. And God, I pray that today, as we witness these baptisms, that Lord, may our church be a church that would just give you praise and worship. God, may we follow you wholeheartedly. And uh, we thank you, we praise you for the baptisms that we're about to witness uh, this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite uh, Christopher and Whitney to come up and give your, their testimonies. I want you guys to hear uh, what God has done in their life. And then we're going to recite the Apostles' Creed together. And then we're, we're going to get you guys dunked in the water, okay? So why don't you guys come on up and uh, 